0: head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit Parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello everyone. I hope you're all starting to see the light at the end of this long tunnel. Now if this weren't a parenting show with little ears listening, I'd actually probably put a qualifier at the end of long. And it's funny because... Although I try to be super authentic on the podcast, I definitely keep my language sanitized for the audience. I don't use colorful language often, but I do on occasion. And I actually it reminds me of this conversation I remember my parents having when I was really young. Um, I remember them saying that just once, actually my dad, I think was the one who said this, he wanted to see a blooper. Um, and maybe I'm aging myself with that term blooper. So I guess outtake is probably the, the uh, technical term for that but he wanted to see an outtake of Mr. Rogers losing his cool at tossing something down angrily and using an expletive. And then they both kind of laughed about that because he always was so calm, cool, and collected. And they just wanted to see if he ever got mad or what he looked like when he actually got mad. Um, so... Anyway, I do hope a lot of you are able to get out and do more with your families now or planning some really fun things coming up because I know we're all ready to get out some more. Um, We've been getting out a lot more we have some great plans for the summer. I'll share more as we get closer. We've been doing some beach time. My sister and my nieces are here in town this week, so we spent the day at the beach with them yesterday. And actually, Carter, our oldest, was in the water almost the entire afternoon. He was boogie boarding and swimming almost the entire day in the water and the surf was rough I tried to boogie board with him but I just kept getting tossed around and I'm pretty strong in the water um but I just kept getting tossed around and I when I would come in on the boogie board I would come in and then it was so shallow that I'd try to stand up and it did I didn't have a lot of water to try to stand up but the waves just kept coming and coming and (laughs) they kept knocking me over so it was a little rough for me and I kept waiting for it to smooth out and it just didn't so um anyway that was the afternoon yesterday So I'm looking forward to some more calmer seas to get out there and do some boogie boarding. Um, We also have some nice vacation plans this summer. But um, after the kids are back in school, I've also decided I want to hike the Narrows in Zion National Park in late summer. If you've never been to Zion, it is one of the most beautiful places I have ever been. And the Narrows is this iconic hike it's uh, pretty flat mostly through a river and you can go bottom up or top down. I'm going to do top down because you take a van and they drop you off at the top. It's 16 miles down through the canyon um through the mostly through the water. And um and you have to backpack in and camp overnight and I am it's just something that a lot of people do. You get away from people and I am just really excited to do this. It's been on my bucket list for many years ever since we went to Zion. I, I want to say two or three years ago we went, and I just cannot wait to do this. So that's gonna be the culmination, the end of my summer this year, a a goal for myself, something to go do of my very, very own, and very excited about that. I'm hoping a couple of friends will be able to come with me. Um, I don't feel quite ready to go take it on by myself. I mean, I could if I have to, and I will get prepped to do that just in case, but I am hoping for some company as I learn to become more self-sufficient Uh, But anyway, for parents of toddlers, like that, this just feels like a pipe dream. I remember when our kids were little, we went years and years and years and, you know, barely had a date, let alone be able to get away for an overnight or do something, you know, crazy fun just for ourselves. But, um, you know, if you have help, if you have family around that can take your kids for an overnight and you have something you really want to do just don't forget to set some goals for yourself. It's really, really helpful. If not, those days will come. They do get through toddlerhood, they are much more self-sufficient, they have friends they can spend the night with, and it's much easier to get away as they get older. So something to look forward to as you get through the gauntlet of toddlerhood with your young children, if that's the age group that you're dealing with right now. Um, You know, I did though, however, while my kids were toddlers, I did get my graduate degree. So I always had something going. Okay, so the question today, this is a great question. I always say that's a great question, but it really is a great question because I'm gonna talk about you know, the aggression again, but in dealing with social skills with our young toddlers and preschoolers because that's really, really a big focus in these toddler preschool years is those social skills. And they really struggle with these. And I'm gonna dig into this in a little bit different way, in a deeper way than I have before. I give some really great examples on how to work with these young kids in um, negotiating their play skills. So um, I think this is a really great question and a great episode. So let's get started with Whitney's question. She wrote in and she said, "'Hi, let me begin by saying I've learned so much "'from your resources and podcast. "'My almost three-year-old is very smart and sweet. "'He's helpful and a super big brother "'to his seven-month-old sister. "'He's had trouble in the past playing with friends. "'Since the pandemic, we're even more out of practice. When he's with friends, he's so excited. He's very energetic and often has to be reminded to use his inside voice and to breathe to calm down. He's often so excited that his friends are turned off by his intense excitement. He starts off very polite and kind, will ask them to play, and they often say no. He doesn't get discouraged, and he keeps trying to play with them. I'll redirect him by prompting him to ask, how do you want to play? Sometimes they come around, but as toddlers do, sometimes they don't, and that's okay. It's their choice. However, when the child has repeatedly said no or has run away from him, he gets very discouraged and often pushes or reacts aggressively. Once he gets his feelings hurt, he continues to push and hit. It breaks my heart because I know his heart hurts. He has such a great personality. He's silly, creative, and is brilliant beyond his age. He has a photographic memory, so he knows his numbers through 100 ABCs, shapes, and colors all before he was two. Here's what I've tried. Redirecting and modeling behavior. Verbally explain before a play date how to behave and react. We leave play dates once he starts pushing or hitting. Increase the frequency of play dates for practice. We read loads of books about friendships and kindness. We don't yell in front of him and never physically harm. He doesn't act aggressively towards us very often, but if he does, we go to his room to calm down. What concerns me the most is hearing other adults describe his behavior as aggressive. What can we do to prepare to re-enter his mother's morning out? This is a part-time daycare in the fall. He already does a great job of using his words to tell us how he feels. Let me add that he has all his essential needs met and eats loads of fruit and veggies. I stay home and work while he and his sister naps. We do loads of sensory activities and play outside often. His behavior is much better at home, but he seems to be triggered by other kids. Okay, so first I'm going to go over all the positive things I see with Whitney's son, as she's pointed them out. Um, Obviously, she's pointed them out, but I see some really great signs that his emotional development is excellent for his age. So I want to talk about where he is and then Talk about moving forward from there. So he starts out very well in control, even though it sounds like he's hyped up and excited. He's trying to stay in control using his words. Um, Also using his words for how he feels. So, you know, he's using words for his emotions. That's huge. A lot of kids are not able to do that for a while until four or after. So. That's a really great sign that his emotional skills are really coming on board. So the next piece is then going to be the social skills, and I'm going to give some t- a lot of tips for that uh, as we get through this. I want to cover some background information first. The also thing is this little guy isn't even quite three yet, so you know that's really amazing. Already using words to describe his feelings. This is that foundation for early emotional competence, what we call emotional competence. So, and this is what we're really striving for. So this is just building the foundation and he's got a great foundation very early. Lastly, he's already wanting to be socially interactive with other kids in his play, which for most kids starts three and a half to four. So he's not even three yet and he wants to be interacting with other children. So that's the other thing. And actually one of the reasons there may be some frustration with this, that his peers may not have caught up with him yet. So he's still dealing with some of the frustration on how to deal with that. So i want to talk more about that, some ways to navigate this, when I talk about some ideas of things to work on. I'm gonna get into that. But I also wanna point out that you're doing so many great things to help him learn this and work on this. So I really think it's important to step through those, why they're so helpful both for you and for other parents, for Whitney and for the other parents. I'm gonna talk about why these are important so that you understand what to implement and why, give some more tweaks and tips um, on a couple of things that can help turn this around and make this a really positive, great learning experience, help the play dates be much more successful. So I'm gonna get into all of those right after a word from our sponsors. Puro air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. puroair.com Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple: make the best formula in the world using the latest in breast milk science. parenting for a limited time additional terms and conditions apply now that we're back after the break i'm going to cover all the things whitney is doing that are really helpful in guiding a toddler to learn better social skills in play then i'm going to go through some tweaks that can really help set up the play dates for even better opportunities for practice and success with these social skills and emotional skills First, reading the books about friendships, kindness, and emotions. These are great ways to help kids learn skills when they're calm and quiet and their brains are ready to absorb the information. This is when kids learn the best, the most, when they're calm and they're quiet and they can really absorb the information. So reading books, having discussions about what's happening in the books, the characters— great time to teach emotion skills. That's the foundation for our social skills. We have to have really good emotion skills before we can practice those in a social outlet. So, also having frequent play dates to create opportunities to practice these social emotional skills is really important. We can't improve if we don't get a chance to practice. So, giving him the chance to practice, also great. Leaving play dates when he gets too aggressive also sends a really positive is that those behaviors aren't going to be tolerated, but it's done in a matter of fact way. It's this message that I can see that you're struggling with your big feelings today or right now, because maybe it was fine earlier, but now right now he's struggling. You've reached that threshold. And so in order to keep our friends safe, it's time for some calm, quiet time at home. We'll try again in a few days. So we're not punishing. We're not being angry. We're just, I can really tell you're struggling right now. So we're going to keep everyone safe. We're going to key everything down, we're gonna go home and have some quiet time. So, you know, this is a common struggle for young kids. We really know this, we know this is a big area we're really working on, keeping those emotions at a level where they can respond without losing control. So this is a big thing they're working on. So we know they're going to struggle. When it all becomes too much, it's best to take that step back, to regroup, to try again another time. So this is a great way to handle this. Um, So here are some things that you can do to increase the success. And oh, I also, I wanted to share, I also love the discussing beforehand, right before you go in for the play date, having that discussion. But I have a tweak on this as well. So the preparing is great. Just like with any area of struggle, be it going into the grocery store to make sure they're not, you know, running amok or asking for things or, you know, having a meltdown over not getting something or we're going into a restaurant to sit at a table and what behavior we expect. We're going to talk about it before it's going to happen. Another one is going through a parking lot, walking right beside mom and dad, holding hands. What it is, whatever it is, we expect. We want to have those little pre-coaching sessions before we go into something that is potentially an area that could be a problem. We're going to talk about what we expect. We're going to coach some of the answers, um, especially at first, with what we're looking for, along with any consequences, because these are all important pieces to this. So I'm going to cover this conversation, what this sounds like, exactly step by step. But first, I want to cover a few more things that'll be helpful, so the conversation makes more sense. And then I can I wanna cover all the background before I get into that. So Whitney mentions helping her son change his language from do you want to play to how do you want to play or how would you like to play, which is important because when given an option, a toddler or a preschooler will often just say no to a yes, no question, to any request, just as a way to exert power. They often don't even consider the question. They're not thinking, no, I don't wanna play. They're just like, oh, I can say no. Here's something, I can say no, and just set some boundaries. Um, They're not thinking about what they actually would prefer. They just like to be able to have the power to say no. So when we coach kids on how to join in ongoing play, we teach them to step back and observe first see what the other child or children are playing and doing, and then come up with a way to add to that play. Now I'm gonna talk about what happens if there is no one playing and and how we're gonna manage that as well, how we're gonna coach that. But first I'm gonna talk about this. So rather than asking, they wanna add. So here's uh, the first tweak for Whitney to work on. Going to a play date, it's a little different than joining ongoing play because likely the child is not already engaged in activity, but they could be. So there's two ways to approach this depending on what's happening. And this is great information for anyone who wants to help their children learn how to negotiate play, enter into ongoing play, or enter into play with another child when there is no play happening already. The first scenario is where one child or more children are already playing. So you want to coach your child to kind of sit back or stand back, observe what they're playing. You're going to really stand there with them and say, what are they playing? What are they doing? What does it look like they're playing? And and if your child doesn't know, then you can point it out. This is the scaffolding where you're going to give them answers they can't seem to figure out, but give them the opportunity to try to figure it out on their own. Okay. Looks like they're playing superheroes. Um, it looks like maybe there's a Superman and I don't know all the superheroes these days. There's so many Aquaman. No, that's an old one. I don't know so many superhero movies and I don't watch any of those Avenger movies, but anyway, then you can help your child come up with a different superhero that isn't in the play. And then they can come in and be like, I'm going to be whatever, (laughs) pick their favorite superhero. Um, I'm going to be Hulk because there's no one playing Hulk yet. And then they can just join right in on the play. They're joining in on what the other kids are doing. They're not coming in and trying to take over. They're not coming in and trying to guide the play into something completely different. They're entering really nicely, kind of like a merge lane. So let's just say they go to the play date and the children or a child is already playing with trains and they're building the train tracks. So you can help your child figure out how they'd like to contribute. They can either spy a train that's off on the side, pick it up and decide about how they wanna have that train join in on the play or how they're gonna help um, add the tracks. Oh, this is a cool building. Let's put this in here somewhere. I'd like to put it over here. Um, Or maybe it's safer even to do something like blocks or duplos. And they come in and they wanna, like, I'm gonna build the city where the train can come in and go through and pick up people in town and then take them back over to the train station over here. And then that brings them into, like, adding into the play that's already happening. They're adding to the play, they're not um, asking to play. Okay, what if no one's playing yet? You come to the play date, no one's playing. How are you gonna help your child engage another child in play? Again, some options. You can either have your child choose what they'd like to play and then offer the other child first. So let's say your child walks in and they've got some amazing train set, lots of lots of, we had lots of these, so that's why I'm using that. We had lots of um, Thomas the Train, like wooden buildings and tracks and trains. We had a ton of those. And so they come in and and they see that and they're like, oh, I really want to build with that. So your child could say, do you have a favorite train? Um, and then let the other child choose the train, and then your child chooses something that's left, and then instead of asking a question, they can make a statement or ask a question that isn't a yes or no question. So let's build a big train track. What should we build, or what should we start with? Now, these kids are really young, so these are some big skills. So we're going to sit down with them through the process and we're going to scaffold them. We're going to support them through it. Meaning you're going to take the lead potentially, you're going to or you're going to, and or you're going to fill in where your child is struggling through to help the process get off to a solid start. Once the kids are going, you can step back, let them go with their play, let them work through things. If they have little squabbles or little disagreements and they're negotiating, great, let them work through it. If it starts to key up, then you want to step in. You're going to listen for that when it starts to key up. Before it escalates, step in and assist the kids through the negotiations. So armed with this information, let's get back to the pre-play date coaching session. This is where we're gonna go over the skills they will use, the expectations of their behavior and outcomes if things get too heated or if one or both kids are struggling to stay in control of their emotions. So it might sound like this. We're going over to Jack's house today for a play date. When we get there, we'll take a few minutes to see what's happening and explore the toys. Then I'll help you work with Jack to find a way to play together. Now these first several times, you're definitely gonna wanna take the lead. Help the kids find a way they wanna play, or help your child join in with a child already playing by coaching some good play entry skills like I already discussed in the previous scenarios. Then as he gets better, as the kids get better, you can just give some reminders in your pre-coaching session. Today we're going over to Jack's house to play. Remember how to ask Jack a fun question to begin playing together. Or remember that Jack's favorite thing to play is this, or his favorite train is this. So you could offer him his favorite train and ask him to play trains, that type of thing. Just kinda coach him on how to start the play out together. You're always gonna coach This is really big. I did this with my kids a lot. You want to coach them what to do when they start to struggle. So I worked with my kids constantly with this. I remember when they were little. The first step is always reminding them that if they feel like they're getting too upset to come and ask for your help, if you start to feel angry, hurt, or upset, what are you going to do? Now, after you've coached this, they're going to know what to say. They're going to say, I'm going to come to you for help. If you get out of control, what will happen? And they'll answer, we will have to go home. So this way, all of this is well understood. It doesn't take long for them to remember to come to you to ask for help. My kids were really good about this. With just a little bit of coaching, they would come to me, Mom, we're, we're just, you yeah, know I don't remember their language exactly, but... They would just start talking about how what their brother or sister did that got them upset. Um, And they would say, can you help me? And I would come in and I would help the kids, two or three of them, work through their disagreement, help them um, negotiate what was happening. So the steps to this are we want to make sure that we are setting expectations or coaching like the initial behavior. Then we're going to ask them, remind them, tell me what you're going to do when we get there then they're going to tell you, this is a really important step because that really makes sure that it gets into their head about what they're going to do. This is after you've already kind of coached through the first few times of play sessions together and they seem to start picking it up after that initial and they've kind of got it down or seem to have it down. And then you're also going to ask what happens if, like I said, what happens if you lose control? Then obviously if that happens, you're going to follow through like you've already been doing. If they're starting to get aggressive with each other or one is starting to get aggressive with the other, then um, then you're going to just say, you know what, I can tell your, your emotions are getting really big right now. I think it's time for us to go home, calm down, and we'll try again another day. The other thing I wanted to mention when I talked about um, play skills is that it may help um, children who are ready to start doing interactive play. A lot of kids aren't ready for this until about three and a half Um, some kids will start around three, so that's good. But if, um, if, the peers are just not really quite ready for interactive play, you may want to find a few older friends if you can, a child who's four or above. Plus children who are four or above also have quite a bit more um, emotion skills as well, and so the play can tend to go a a lot smoother. When you've got two kids three and under, um, it's a lot easier for them to lose control, kind of get upset with each other, um, say no to each other, kind of butt up against each other, those types of things. So that is another thing to consider if, if your kids can find uh, an older playmate or they have an older playmate in the neighborhood, that play may go a little bit better. And also they will learn uh, social skills even better. They'll get yeah, even more ingrained playing with kids who are older who have a little bit um, better hold and grasp of their social skills. Uh, I, also, one other thing I wanted to mention is um, Whitney mentioned about feeling um, bad, feeling she's concerned about other adults describing her child's behavior as aggressive. And this is a really difficult thing about parenting is, you know, it's hard when other people judge our parenting or judge our kids or we feel like they are. Um, And it's really not appropriate for other people to be calling our kids aggressive, especially when the parent is clearly handling it. As soon as, you know, something is happening or it's keying up, you're taking him home. So, um, you know, as difficult as this can be, one of the biggest things is to be able to not take it personally just understand that those parents are struggling a little bit. One day, one of these days, their kid is going to be the one that acts out. They're going to go to preschool. They're going to bite someone. They're going to kick, they're going to throw. Every kid is going to do it. Um, and just to try not to take that personally and just know that you're absolutely doing a great job, that you're raising a great kid, that he's emotionally competent, that he's, or he's building his emotional competence. And, um, and you're really working on this. Like you sent in a question, obviously this is important to you. Obviously this is something that you want him to be very good at. And he's already ahead of his age, even in this, um, even in this, uh, ability to uh, play with friends and connect with friends. So, and everybody has something that they struggle with. And this just happens to be what he's dealing with right now. You're doing a great job. So try not to worry about what, um, you know, other parents are thinking or saying, or, you know, I know the, the big one is like the older people in the store when the kid's having a complete meltdown, how, you know, when they had little kids, their kids would never do that. And I'm like, either they just don't remember or they scared the crap out of them. So they never misbehaved. So, you know, neither of those is really particularly, uh, either true or great. Okay, so if you are interested in learning more about teaching social emotional skills through these toddler and preschool years, because this is a super important foundation as they move into the elementary school years and start getting into building friendships and academics, the classes, you're developing toddler, you're developing preschooler, talk about social skills, the foundation for good social skills and good emotion skills and the ways to build those things to work on that. Of course, all the positive discipline classes also build a great foundation for communication skills and mutual respect and how to um, coach it, how to model it and all of those. And also all of the other 60 plus parenting classes are available on demand on the website yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.